Filled with mingled cream and amber, I will drain that glass again. Such hilarious visions clamber. Through the chamber of my brain, quaintest thoughts, queerest fancies, come to life and fade away. What care I how time advances, I am drinking ale today. That's a poem by Edgar Allan Poe. Um, authorship in question, but there is no question about all the awesome stuff that's going on at Public House and who the new brainchild of all that stuff is. Mr. Matt Catchpole, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. Thanks for having me, dude. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so um, there's a lot going on at Public House, and um, I, wa- I want to hear about you know your role, how that's going, but before that, I want to hear about you know kind of your journey to <laughs> to the current state of affairs. So where are you from? It's a uh, fun one. I, so I was born in Florida, okay. uh, St. Pete. We lived there for a while. And when I was finishing, I got an extra month and a half of fifth grade because the calendars didn't line up. My parents thought it was great. I wasn't happy about it. But uh, <laughs> we, we moved to Aiken when I was, uh, you know, into fifth grade. Cool. Did middle school in Aiken, high school in Augusta. Went to Auburn for undergrad. And then I, uh, I, I wasn't really sure. I thought either Birmingham or Atlanta. And I ended up back in South Carolina. <laughs> so, nice. um, yeah, it's been a, kind of a fun run. Yeah, heck I, yeah, I love it here, man. This is it's a great state and a, and, a, and, a, and a great area. I'm just you know, I'm six years or so into the Columbia Lexington area, and that's uh, that's been a, a fun adventure too, getting to know a whole different piece of the state. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah, and Aiken's an awesome town too. It is. So. I, I love it. I, I think anybody that hasn't spent some time there should. Yeah, definitely. fabulous place. Um, well, yeah, it's, you, you've been a lot of places, um, and. As far as work goes, I know you've had you know your hands in a lot of different um, business ventures, et cetera. So tell us kind of like where did you start in the service industry? Service industry, officially, I had a, uh, a job in high school, bussing tables, kind of washing dishes, kind of thing. I'd Beautiful. go play baseball in the afternoon, come back and bus for uh, you know a couple hours, and then go out and have a beer with my buddies after uh, after you got off it. <laughs> midnight or something and nice. uh, and really enjoyed that but i uh my folks had when we were still in florida they had a uh shaved ice business and i think the whole point of that was to get my sister and i to kind of get out of the house and like kind of run this business and i think they ended up doing more of it than they realized they were going to but it was uh i've kind of always been around that mindset you know my, my father was a uh, commercial nuclear engineer so his was like a little more white collar straight laced yeah um my mother has had a couple of uh, real estate brokerages and sold real estate most of her life, but we've always kind of had some, you know, side stuff going on. And uh, I got into the service hospitality thing in high school, did it a little more in college and realized sort of accidentally backed into opening a couple with some people and uh, and kind of caught the bug. And I realized, I was like, man, I really enjoy the stuff I'm learning in school. But the thing I really like truly get a kick out of, the thing that does it for me, the kind of I wake up in the morning to do is, is the hospitality thing? So, um, sort of, sort of, sort of backed into it accidentally. I thought I was, uh, thought I was going to med school, and uh, changed my mind about four years in. Started doing restaurants instead. Yeah, heck yeah! Um, and what an awesome industry it is. Working with for you, I learned so much. So you know, thanks for showing me the ropes. Yeah, also, you know, and it's funny. I wish we'd had a little more one on one together. But yeah, I, I mean, it's it is it is remarkable how cool an industry it can be when you work with other adults and other driven people and people that really, you know, lean into the opportunity to learn something. There is something really special about working with a, um, 
working with a restaurant full of people that are that are there for the right reasons. You know, yeah, yeah. they care about the guest, but they care about each other. Yeah. And more importantly, they care about sort of self-improvement. And that's the thing that I think is the distinguishes between a restaurant that's got a great crew and one that's just some people that don't have anything better to do. Yeah. Is a, 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 or a hotel. I mean, the hospitality industry in general, it's, if you have a culture of people that want to improve themselves on a regular basis and improve themselves daily and weekly. I, I, it just, there's almost no way to lose. Yeah. You know, you, you end up with a great group of people that really, really, really care. And that expertise and that, that sort of energy and that fire translates to the guest experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is so, um, is there like a type of restaurant or, you know, is there something that you prefer or, you know, cause you've done an awesome, like public house is, you know, doing awesome right now. You public know, house is the most unique situation I've ever been in for a lot of reasons. But, um, you know, I did find dine for a long time. Yeah. Um, I have done, I have a little consulting firm, so I've done, you know, a dozen probably over 10 years projects around mostly around the Southeastern U S yeah. It's a couple of them hotels, mostly restaurants where you go in and, you know, either redo somebody's bar program or you help them with their front of the house service or you help them redesign their menu or you do something. And, and those are all a lot of fun. Public, has, public house has been a holistic overhaul. I mean, a, a totally top to bottom redo, including, you know, some, some leftover financial warts and things from years ago. So, I mean, that's been kind of a, it's been a cool project because it, it really, it makes you use every single piece of the skill set and the tools that you've built over the years. And so yeah. it's, I mean, there, you got to pull all the tricks out to, uh, to work on something like that, but it really has done well and I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I think a lot of people listening probably have been to, a, this is the public house on divine street. Yeah. The wing place that, um, it's been there for a while. Tell us a little bit about the okay, restaurant. So, you know, again, I, I'll tell you this before I took this opportunity, you know, I had actually, I'd never been to this place before October. Um, I'd heard about it. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's confusing because I think for a long time there was another business called Public House on like Main Street or something in Columbia. Totally different owners, absolutely different operation. Um, in no way related, other than they shared those words in their name. Uh, Public House with a K on Divine Street has been, I believe, in that location since '94. Um, in a different iteration and a different, you know version of that business. It was a, a business, I believe, called Wings on Wheels. I think that both the Wings on Wheels and then eventually Public House sort of evolved out of this gentleman named Andy Ugarte's desire to have a sandbox to play in, I think. You know, I think he I think he wanted the business, but I think more than anything he wanted the the camaraderie and the ability to kind of um, hang out with his buddies and hang out with all the people in town. I think he was, you know, everybody yeah. knows one of those guys, right? Right. Um, <laughs> not knowing him personally, I, I, I hear on a weekly basis stories about this guy, and everybody has just this, like, love of, of how energetic this guy was and how involved in the guest experience he was, and I think that's great. Yeah. And so that sort of translated to this. It's really nice when that's coupled with, like, really strong business acumen, and I think that, I think, for whatever reason, his strength was the people pleasing. Yeah. Okay. And and so, you know, you saw this business that sort of like over time, maybe they didn't tighten the screws as much as they needed to from, you know, they needed to kind of clean a little bit more than they did. They needed to pay a little more attention to their books than they did. So you got this business that 30 plus years of people that just love having come to public house. Yeah. But slowly it just sort of like comes unraveled a little bit and the edges need to be cleaned up so that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tighten it back up. And we were really <laughs> excited to kind of, to take that legacy and kind of move it forward. 
Um, Drew Callagher has owned it for about the last dozen years. Uh, he worked very briefly in the kitchen for Andy and has worked at some you know pretty remarkable restaurants in the, in this area. But and in Aiken, it turns out about ten years apart, Drew and I ran the same restaurant. Oh, awesome! Yeah, which is kind of what we learned after I started working with him. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it's weird how that happens sometimes. But it's a, it, there's a, there's a small circle of people in in each area that that care about doing something vaguely the right way, and that's you end up bumping into them over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Drew's had it for a dozen years, and he did pretty well with it for a while. And then they they just kind of they they had a partner that that exited the the uh, operation and trying to kind of redefine what public house is for the next dozen years, next thirty years has been a really fun project. And I think it was time for us to give it a little bit of a facelift and a little bit of a uh, a freshening up. And, and I'm I'm fired up about it. And Drew is too. He's really excited. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, good. Let's talk about that facelift, because if you haven't been recently, you need to check it out. What, what are some of the things that have been happening? Man, okay, so we, we had, I told you I had not been there until October. We had a um, series of discussions, mostly by phone at first and then in, in person, and we said, all right, what are the what are our biggest, what are our goals here with this operation? Yeah. You know, service has kind of slipped over the years. There's nobody really keeping uh, an eye on that, um, you know. Certainly, it would be nice to have some things on the menu that aren't just fried, which we've now done. We've got some fabulous options on the menu that are not just chicken wings. Chicken wings are still the best in town, always will be. Yeah. Um, but we've got some really, really cool other options, um, prime rib and some seared salmon. We have a couple of uh, really nice uh, roast, like a French dip that we you know call the Kilkenny dip. Yeah. We've got yeah. you know some some really cool options and salads and things like that that aren't just exclusively stuff fried in the same you know oil the chicken wings are in. Um, but then the, the big thing became, yes, we need to get the books right. Yes, we need to clean up some of these things that kind of got left alone for a couple of years. But, like, you know, the, the restrooms were kind of run down, man, and kind of ragged. And there was carpet in the building. And it was just – it was a cool spot, but it was dirty and, and just had – it had been loved very heavily for a number of years. And it just it needed, needed, some, uh, needed some, some fresh love in return. And so we did a uh, pretty substantial – overhaul i mean a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of just the money and then a lot of blood sweat and tears into kind of gutting the place and starting over opened some walls up um, yeah. cleaned up the paint scheme a little bit so it wasn't as bright green cartoony as it had been in the past yep. pulled a lot of the kind of museum pieces of children's soccer teams from the early 90s off the wall and <laughs> uh you know we still have those we're going to expand into the third piece of that building pretty soon and when we do some of the the Museum of Public House will return. Heck yeah! But we're uh, we're, we're excited to get the carpet off the floors and clean the bar up and put a brand new. I mean, the best draft beer system in Columbia, um, without question. And we paid for it. But it's. I mean, it truly. I designed the system to be the exact opposite of the thing that they had before. And we have the freshest, coldest, cleanest beer in town. And I am super happy to have it because it it, it totally changes your experience when you have a really truly you know, well poured beer that's stored correctly and chilled correctly. Yeah, that system's legit. It's pretty. So. Uh, it's pretty cool. And uh, you know, like I said, I would not recommend that for your home bar, but it is <laughs> a. Uh, it, it's something that meant a lot to us. And the bathrooms are beautiful. Yeah, that was a bit. That was honestly that was the sticking point for me. And so I kind of lost track of that there. But that was the the bathrooms were the sticking point. I said, look, we got to get women back in this place, man. And and even if it's not women, I before I had committed to taking this, went in there a couple times, and I kept thinking, I wonder if I can pay my check and get home before I have to use the restroom. <laughs> you know, and that's not the case anymore. We've done a, we, we put a lot of love into making sure we've got a really nice, very comfortable uh, restroom. 
a little more painting and a couple little like facelifty things that we've still got to finish with this first piece of the remodel. Yeah. Then we're going to expand and kind of move all the uh, billiards and games and darts and things into that third side and give ourselves a little more room in the main piece of the building. But I, I couldn't be happier with the way that renovation's turned you know, come around. We uh, very 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 grateful to Drew's father who was um, instrumental in kind of getting us pointed in the right direction with some of those things. But we put together a team of. Uh, subcontractors that really did a remarkable job and I, I gotta you know I, I I it is one of those it takes a village moments and yeah. we had a guy that backed out on us last minute that was going to run the whole thing and we we did it ourselves and put together a bunch of stuff with different subs and it turned out really well heck yeah yeah the um the bar you got some new drinks on the menu yeah that was something we wanted to freshen up too so I mean you know, like when I came in it was just Hey, I'll have a vodka soda and whatever's cheapest, right? And it, you know, and like none of the spirits were particularly well thought out or designed or intentional in any way. They were just there. It was just you know, like if one guy asked for something one time, then we've got 14 bottles of it on the bar forever. <laughs> so we, we we looked at the spirits program and picked some stuff that is still. It's like, you know, it's 2023. The economy's done what it's done. There's really not a like a good scenario in which you pay five dollars for a liquor drink and it's not total rot gut. Um, so if you're going to have to charge six, seven, eight bucks for something, like I want it to be the best eight dollar pour you can get, right, yeah, or the best yeah. seven dollar pour you can get. So we 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 upped substantially the house spirits. We worked on the stuff in the um, on the back bar and you know put a really cool program together that's still very modest, but I think they're really quality, high quality, high caliber spirits. And then we put some cool cocktails together, just yeah. easy, approachable stuff. We're doing a bunch of spiked sodas, which is something you'll find in. Atlanta or Asheville or Charlotte or New York or whatever, but you don't see a lot in Columbia. And and it's, you know, we're buying these high-grade bottled sodas and then and then pre-batching or, or mixing some, uh, you know, like really high-quality spirits and some fresh-squeezed lime juice and some things like that into their last minute before it's served. Yeah. So we've got, a, you know, probably the most well-received and most popular of those is we're doing an orange soda that kind of, is a nod to a, a drink called an Orange Crush that's from the racetracks around the Baltimore area. Yeah. It's like a kind of a big thing up there. So we've kind of put our little, you know, stony gourmet redneck chic version of it all, uh, together on the menu, and it's done really well. And it's fun. It's fun. Uh, same thing with a margarita that way. Yeah. We've got an old-fashioned on the menu that's really made truly the way an old-fashioned should be, a couple of Manhattans and things like that. But it's just we, we're not trying to be a cocktail bar. We're not trying yeah. to do that, you know, hip speakeasy thing. We're just trying to be the neighborhood pub but we want to be the neighborhood pub with like high quality drinks. Yeah, yeah. Um, the and, and a wine program. And the wine. No, but seriously, truly, that's the thing that I'm the most excited about. Is we're taking bottles that like conservatively would be. I mean, these are high quality wines. I have a background in wine. I'm a sommelier, and uh, it it's kind of wild that you basically can't go anywhere in town and get a really awesome bottle for fifty bucks. So we thought, why not just like totally reward the people that come in here and kind of like see the value in this so we're selling stuff that i should be selling at 60 70 dollars for like 28 bucks a bottle not making a huge profit on it very low markup but the, i want people to come in and drink good wine yeah. and i don't want to just be the the, the bottled mass-produced domestic beer place with fried chicken wings i want to be a little more than that also the and wine is a deal it, dude it's a steal <laughs> and, and 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 i think that really plays into the thing where we want to kind of really redefine this thing and firmly cement ourselves as that neighborhood pub that Columbia has been missing for several years. Yeah. And uh, and I think having a really awesome, un embarrassingly affordable um, wine program is a, is a big part of that, kind of instrumental in, in getting the women and families and things back in. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, 
Yeah, that's exciting to hear. And it's, it really is. It's been fun to watch all these things you're talking about really just come into play. Yeah, as they come to fruition, you get to kind of see the, the, the hard work that you put in and, the, and some of these guys that we worked with have put in and that I, you know, have put into this thing and Drew has. It, being able to kind of like see people's face light up when they come in, they're like, holy cow, I haven't seen this thing in several months. And like, look at it, you know, look at it now. This is yeah. great. Come in and have a prime rib and a bottle of wine. And you're like, man, I had no idea Public House did this, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I've just been, I just had fun up there. It's, good. it's, <laughs> so, a, it's a good spot. Yeah. Um, cool. So you mentioned a little bit about goals for the future. It's, you guys will be tearing, you know, the plans to tear the wall down and expand in the next. Absolutely. And honestly, like, I, I kind of thought it would be done already, and we've just hit a little bit of a staffing snag where we kind of, uh, the wind kind of came out of our sails for a couple of months with school ending and that kind of thing. We had to kind of, there's been a revolution of us having to hire a handful of new people. Yeah. And the industry in general is struggling to get enough people, especially in the kitchen. So we're, you know, we've got that mostly mastered at this point. And I think it's time to kind of revisit. Let's let's get all the uh, we want we want to paint and arrange 85% of the things in that third segment. Yeah. Um, of the building first, and then we'll knock the wall down, and we'll have that available both for like private events. Yeah, yeah. And just in general for you know people to kind of get over there, and th- that'll be the kind of hang out at the bar and play pool side, and the rest of it will kind of feel more like a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And the um, the new stuff you've got going on. I know you've got like a daily special. To let us know what, what we can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, we have only been doing this a few weeks. It was always on the agenda, and we wanted to kind of get our feet under us first and really live in the feng shui of the business, you know, like kind of understand, feel it out, know what the day-to-day was going to be like. But we have just started on Sundays, every Sunday, uh, 10% off of anything, we're calling it Gaelic night, but anything vaguely Scotch or Irish, right? So yeah. all the Irish whiskeys, the Irish beers, we've got a um, layered thing that we do with this Irish red and some Guinness on top of it that we're calling a garnet and black that's been a really, really big seller and also, a, I mean, a fabulous way to drink a beer. Yeah. Awesome. Um, any of the kind of, uh, any of the Irish whiskeys, a couple of the food items, so like the um, lamb sliders, um Salmon, shepherd's pie, probably the best shepherd's pie you'll ever eat with real, like true ground lamb shepherd's pie, not cottage pie with old leftover beef passed off as shepherd's pie, which is not something one place in particular has done, but just the entire U.S. has kind of leaned into this, uh, let's make the cheapest shepherd's pie possible. We went the other direction with it, so we've got a really high-quality product there. Any of the Irish food items, including that Kilkenny dip, which is basically a French dip with a uh, prime river roasting in-house. Um and then the you know beer specials on those things are 10% off of all the Irish and, and Scotch stuff on uh, Sundays. Yeah. Mondays, all of the draft beer, so that's 18 different taps, um, Guinness and Sierra Nevada, and then 16 South Carolina-based breweries, local brews, um, on a really masterfully installed and designed uh, draft system. Perfect pour, perfect chill, perfect everything. All those are half off, which means I think they're already priced pretty reasonably. Yeah. But you're drinking some of the best beer in the entire state for $3.50 on Monday um, or 4 bucks for a 20-ounce Guinness, you know, which is kind of unbeatable. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the deal. It's like, you know, Sundays and Mondays, especially in the summertime, are slow for everybody in town, which is why a lot of restaurants don't open on those days. Uh, we want to be the place that you come and hang out, the neighborhood spot that everybody just kind of, you know, wants to relax. And so – in an effort, you know, we're not making, we're certainly not making more money on it, but in an effort to kind of say, hey, come relax and hang out in a very casual, very calm, 
kind of friendly, convivial environment with us. We're, we're running some some deals early in the week, mostly just to get people to kind of feel like that's a place they can come after work and relax. Yeah. Um, or, or on Sunday after you get through with church or whatever you're doing, cut your grass, come in, and, you know, we're doing soccer on Saturday mornings and Sundays as that's, you know, that season's mostly ended for the Premier League. But we, we want it to be the place that you and your buddies hang out. So Sundays, all the Irish and Scotch stuff at discount, 10%. Uh, half off all of the draft beers all day on Monday. We open at 3 o'clock currently. We're moving towards lunches and then currently close Tuesdays. Wednesday, you can get a prime rib and a bottle of wine for 25 bucks, And that's the same prime rib we normally sell at 28 I think it's underpriced at 28 It is a really high-quality ribeye. Yeah. We're doing those in-house. We've got all the right – I mean, we bought a lot of equipment to be able to make sure that we were holding and storing these things correctly so that we can sear these things to order. Um, and we're basically giving the wine away and giving you a break on the steak. Come in, you know, bring a date and have a bottle of wine and a steak and or two steaks and two bottles of wine. I don't, you know, or six steaks and six bottles of wine if you want to. But yeah. um, really high quality wine there too. I mean, that's that's the deal is that we don't want to compromise in an effort to make an extra buck or to kind of draw people in. It's a little bit of a loss lead, but it's a loss lead that we are intentionally. There's, there's no gimmick. We're not getting you in there so that you'll buy. $100 worth of something else. It's just that we, we want people to come see the high-quality stuff we're putting out. So come in on Wednesdays. Get you a bottle of, bottle of wine and a steak. <laughs> Heck, yeah, that sounds amazing. Well, um, question about B&I. You okay. came and visited. I did twice. I visited your group twice and then semi-visited a, uh, a different chapter and really enjoyed that as well. Oh, cool. So do you think networking is a good thing for a restaurant? Absolutely. I mean, that, that type yeah. of... Yeah, and I think that's how, like, a lot of people that succeed in this business, like, have done as well as they have over the years. They sort of, like, naturally appreciate the, the value of, of that, right? Of, of yeah. you got to know somebody that knows somebody. And more importantly, the reason that people at, the high, at a high level in the hospitality industry do what they do is because they care. They care about the magic at the table. They care about the smile on people's faces when they're having a good time. They go through a lot of pain and difficulty and rigor and dealing with occasionally difficult people um, because of how warm and fuzzy it makes you feel when you really do provide somebody with an awesome experience and you can just tell you just made their night and they like had a great time. And that's sort of the same thing. Those qualities exist in a person that sort of sees the value in networking with other people in the community because it's like, hey, what can I do for you, right? It's It's really less about what you can gain directly and immediately from it yep. and more about the, the long-term big picture. Let's help the community kind of build itself. Other like-minded people that, that care about growing their business and care about providing quality services to the community, not just seeing how quickly they can take somebody else's cash. Um, and, and if you want to take cash quickly, the restaurant is not the right business for you, but that's <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, um, no, I love it, man. I love that there's a, a there are a, a, network of people in in place that all sort of share a set of values and those values happen to help each other and help the community sort of expand and grow and move in a positive direction heck yeah well listen the restaurant's on fire and um i have had a blast in those four walls i look forward to seeing these new things which i'm sure are going to happen sooner than later um i'm going to come in with a hammer and a nail and help you guys tear that wall down they're coming dude so, uh, and thanks for hanging out with me today. Yeah, hey, right. I appreciate you having me, man. This is awesome. Thank you.